0: Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, and the Blues have just defeated Melbourne by four points. We are now won eight in a row. This is getting ridiculous. We just we just don't stop winning. And it was an absolute thriller. Again, four points, far too reminiscent of last year's round twenty-two clash. But this time, it's a new Carlton. We don't lose. The boys came out on top, and I'm kind of just struggling to believe what I'm seeing, to be honest. It's hard to think that this is all real Sunday morning rolls around and I had to, first thing I had to do was check that AFL out, make sure the result did happen because this turnaround from these boys has just been stupid. To be honest, Well, bottom four. We'd lost six in a row. We'd won one game from nine season was done and dusted. All I can think about is talking about that mid season review with Lockie where we we're questioning everything. And, Opposition fans want to have a crack at us now. They want to dig up old tweets. They want to say, all the Carlton supporters, we're calling for everyone to get sacked. They're idiots. They can say whatever they want to say because we all stuck fat. We're here. People are making content like myself. People are listening. People are all over the place. We didn't stop rocking up to games. We were always here. And we always hoped that things would Turn around. And speaking of that, long-time listeners will know this, but this is for the new ones. I'm normally joined by my co-host Lockie. Fortunately, it's going to be a solo pod again for me because the man is still holidaying up in Europe and talking about trying to stay positive in that dark space. I mean, that man was the rock for me. He was the beacon of positivity through that tough run. And look, the man's going to be back. He's going to be back for our massive, massive finals run when we storm into finals and maybe take it home because it looks like we're the most informed team currently. So we've got to get around the great man when he's there, when he gets back. It's enough preamble. I do need to get into this episode and talk about things because this resurgence from Carlton it is just hard to fathom. It's hard to believe. And going into this game against Melbourne, we've obviously come off the back of seven wins in a row. You can maybe allow them to lose one. You know, Melbourne are probably the only other informed team or the next informed team compared to us right now. And they get Oliver back, they bring in Grundy, and you start to think maybe they're rucks. Got Gorn, got Grundy. The experience might overpower us. They're a really good team in the middle. Seventh for center clearances. What are they? First for contested possessions. The thing that we pride our game on, they're really good at. And the worry for me as well was seeing their tackle numbers, ranked seventh for tackles, third for tackles inside 50, seeing it was going to be a very wet game. It was going to be a strong contested game. Yeah, that's our strength, but it seems to be also... Melbourne strength and they're, they're so efficient. You know, they move the ball so well by hand and fifth for inside fifties, 12th for marks, but seventh for marks inside fifty. So they're not a team that seems to have a ridiculous amount of that ball around the ground. They move it fast and their marks are inside 50. They make them count in front of goals. So the worry was, can we stand up? We've got these outs. We've won the tough games. We've beaten Collingwood. We've just come back and beaten St. Kilda. Yeah the beliefs there, but you know, you just, you, you start to wonder, you know, we've got these outs, no Walsh, no chair in the midfield, no Gov down back, no Harry down forward. If it gets close, do we have the cattle to get it done? Do we have the quality? Do we have the class? Those questions is kind of what you're thinking going into this game. And and I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know what you guys were thinking and, and how you experienced this game of football. Cause I experienced it a little bit differently than I normally do. So let me know where you were, how you felt throughout this whole game, particularly those last final moments. If you are on YouTube, drop it in the YouTube comments. If you're listening to this in podcast form, head over to wherever you engage with us on, at so, on social media, whichever one at Navy blue corner links to everything will be in the description, but I really want to gauge just what was going through your guys' heads because it was such an emotional game, this one. You could see it from the players. You could see it from the fans. It was just, it was incredible. And in my experience it was strange. I'm normally at every single game, but I was at my sister's 30th birthday, wasn't able to attend the big game. And I didn't know what to do because the, and this is where I'm, I'm going to just be talking about myself for a little bit, but I hope you can kind of enjoy it hear a little bit of a different perspective. And again, I need to hear what it was like from you guys because I wasn't really able to watch the full game and just sit at the TV or sit in front of my phone and watch the whole thing. It kind of felt bad for my sister if if the whole family's just on our phones the whole night, not engaging in conversation, not doing anything. So I had to man up, had to not watch the full game. But every two seconds, I'm there checking the phone. I'm trying to catch glimpses. My dad's down is a massive Carlton supporter. I spoke about that in the last episode, the St. Kilda one. And last year he came down to watch that Melbourne game. And there was just so many parts of this thing that was just so reminiscent of last year. And can we right the wrongs? And can I experience those amazing moments when you're there with family for this one, where we get so close to clinching finals, where we finally beat Melbourne, where we continue this run and, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing and it was just the, it was the worst experience not being able to see what was going on and just seeing the scores slowly update and we're up by a couple We're we're level again, what's going on, what's happening. I know it's wet. I've seen glimpses, but I tell you what, when I watched the last five to 10 minutes of that thing live, it got to a stage where I've gone, no screw the party. I'm sorry to my sister. I've got to watch this. I've got to see what was happening and, I've never had so much stress knowing that I wasn't there, that there was so many other elements that what happens here makes or breaks my night. We lose this game of football. I can't enjoy this party. And I feel even worse for potentially ruining the mood of this party. But if we win, we're going to be celebrating and it's going to be a great family moment. And so I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to get back to the the final few moments when I get to it. But I want to take it back. Let's go to that first quarter. And the big thing for me going into this contest, talking about the stats that I broke down about how Melbourne play, I thought we really need to bring the pressure because you look at that St. Kilda game, what worked, what didn't, what has worked in this massive <laughs> eight-game winning streak. It just feels ridiculous to say I love this club so much. I've never seen us do this in my lifetime. It's just... Oh. It's hard to find words to describe the emotion right now. Try not to get ahead of myself, but sometimes you just got to sit back and enjoy it. And going in, it was pressure. You look at that St. Kilda game. We maybe didn't have the tackle pressure up as much early and St. Kilda then bring it in that second quarter and we're kind of behind the eight ball and then struggling to get back into the contest because of that. And wow. Did we bring the heat in that first quarter? The tackles were up. The the tackles ended up being 87 to 88. We lost it by one, but the big one was the tackles inside 50. We won it 21 to eight. That is stupid numbers, and so much of that was in that first term. Controlled the contest. Melbourne couldn't move the ball past the halfway mark. Defense was set up perfectly. Weedering Kemp, Newman start again in that back line. The problem was we just didn't really put it on the scoreboard and the worry kind of sinks in there where you go, this is like that St. Kilda game. I know we're a different team and I'm not, you know, I'm not writing this game off by any stretch, but you just think against such a quality team like Melbourne, you know they're they're better than Saint Kilda. They're in a bit more form that if you you don't put it on the scoreboard when you have that ascendancy, what's gonna happen? And you know Melbourne are going to bring that the contest and, the, and they're going to get that momentum at some stage. So what are you able to do? And, and did we miss out on our moment considering how good we were in that first quarter? Just the fact that you go into quarter time, basically level, but the fact that we kept the tackle pressure up and we kept really for the most part of this game, the scoreline didn't reflect it for me. I thought we were the better t- team for basically the whole thing. And it was tight that whole game. Again, it so many parts of this, feel like last year's game. Thought we played the better football. We get a couple of goals back. Melbourne kick a couple. It goes back to level. And the third quarter impressed me quite a lot. That second half of it, I felt like Melbourne really finally got that ascendancy and they were moving the ball a little bit quicker and defense just kept holding up or making the stops. We just did not stop. It was just relentless, I think is the word to describe the way that we played and we sort of held strong defensively in that third when Melbourne really brought it, it was their time to shine and we stopped them. And, and that was really impressive to see again with the cattle that we have out not playing on this field. And so to go in three quarter time scores a level. It was really that last quarter that, that where it mattered the most. And again, you just can't help but transport yourself 12 months prior similar scenario. Win in finals is all but, secured. You kind of ask yourself the question, you know, how much have we learned? Can we get it done? Are we able to overcome this final hurdle? Because if you look at what we've done and the tests that we've come up in this last kind of run, the term has been thrown around a little bit on socials that we've exercised the demons to pardon the pun. And it's kind of the redemption tour, the redemption arc of the Carlton football team. Can we right the wrongs of last season and get this done and you go to that Collingwood game, that was the big mental hurdle. Can they beat the team that took finals away from them? We did it. And we finally beat a contender, which is the other massive storyline in that. We sh- and we did it in a different way to this game. We sort of controlled that for most of it for me. We got the lead. We were challenged definitely at certain points, but we kind of won it somewhat comfortably in those last few minutes and were able to withstand the pressure and the potential comeback from Collingwood. And then last week, you know, it was can we win when we're down, when we're potentially not playing the best football that we know we have played this season, trailing at every single break. And we did it against a decent opposition, St. Kilda, a team that are fighting for the top eight. It's not like it was a West Coast or a North Melbourne, a team at the bottom of the table. It was a very decent opposition. And then this was really that final test for me this season and not only was it the can we beat Melbourne the team that maybe started the doubt last year because I'm not sure that Collingwood game happens if the Melbourne game plays out the way it did we hold on to that you probably don't get as nervous in those final moments against Collingwood and this was the one can we hold on in a tight tight contest because again can we beat a contender and can we hold on? Because the Collingwood game wasn't really that tense. This was within a kick. And could we do it? Could we exercise the demons from last year, correct the sins of the past? And, mate, we did it. I, and, and it's just, it's the way in which we did it in this game because I think last year you could maybe sense a bit of panic at times particularly, again, in that Collingwood game that we speak about so much. But this time, even though Melbourne really put the pressure on and got those late goals, it didn't feel like we were letting the game slip. It just felt like Melbourne were playing some good footy and, and getting rewarded. There weren't a ridiculous amount of mistakes from us in that last quarter. It was just a case of can we hold on? Can we actually get this job done with the amount of outs we have? And honestly, if we lost to Melbourne, you can – and like if we didn't put out our best showing, drop the four points, I don't think anyone would have been riding us as hard in the media saying, oh, well, there you go, Carlton, no, expected to win. They've lost this game. No one would have blinked an eye, I think, if you lose this game because we weren't expected to win and we've already had this massive run of games. We have beaten Collingwood. You've, You've come from behind to beat St. Kilda. You can kind of afford a loss. No one's begrudging a Carlton loss here. Still struggling with injuries, coming up against an informed team. Got to lose at some stage, right? And to have the mentality, like the old Carlton loses this game. We've had the big run. We've got some scalps. We can afford to lose one. And that's probably the mentality that weirdly we used to have. And to show up and and get the job done when it was tough – when the outside's gonna afford you to lose, I mean that just shows you that I think these boys have got what it takes now, and you, it's so you just cannot doubt what these guys are bringing. They were ruthless; they brought it from start to finish. It, there's just a maturity about these boys, the way they're going about things now, that it's unlike anything I've seen from a Carlton group, and and that's showing me my age right now. I'm 27. I have not seen any success as a Carlton supporter. But it has been hard to kind of believe. But what they're showing me right now, this is it. This is it. Because the column game showed that we could match it with the best teams for me. This win against Melbourne shows that we can seriously contend for a flag because that is a mental side that I don't think we've ever had to go into a game with finals pressure, like you look at the, it was in the wet. The tackle numbers are the highest tackle and pressure numbers that we've had this season in any game, not just us. The whole AFL, we survived it. We got the win. No midfield against one of the better midfields in the comp. No centre half back. No centre half forward. This is this is the Carlton. This is the team that can get it done, and and you can't not think that we can actually contend now. And it's not nuffy stupid thing to say that this team can win a grand final this year because when you look at things objectively, we're the most informed team right now. We're doing it without key personnel. And all the top teams, we've beaten three out of the top four in the last, what, five weeks. Anyone can win it this year. And I love the sentiment that's going around right now, which is why not us? Why can't we do it? And you look at how we're doing it different ways every single week. We're coming up against different challenges in getting it done. This was physical football. We won in a new way. The contested side has been our strength. It's been something we pride our game on, but we maybe haven't won in this physical contested clearance way. And you look at that fourth quarter, you need to start hot. You need some ascendancy. Bang, center clearance. And we get the goal. Bang, we do it again. And all of a sudden... The momentum's there. The crowd is willing us home, and you can't help but sense: Can we run over these guys? Can we run over the top? And you just it, like that always goal in the last quarter. Like that is special, and you need moments. You need guys to stand up. And and Matty always is having some kind of season, and he's the kind of guy that brings the spark, that grabs the jumper, gets the crowd involved. And I could go through almost a million different amazing moments of this last quarter that showed you how much this group has changed, you know? I think Jack Martin's pressure is just insane. He crashes every single pack inside fifties, constantly chasing, constantly harassing. And one moment I want to highlight is he put enough pressure on Ed Langdon to put the ball out on the full. And he had no right one getting to Ed in the first place but he does. And he just gets a hand on him as he goes to the kick, bang out on the full. And these are the things that you're looking for in peak moments, particularly when we maybe don't have those high echelon players out there. No Walsh, no Chera, no Gov, no Harry, no sauce. These guys that in big moments have kind of stood up your leaders. When you don't have those guys out there, you're kind of wondering who's going to step up and, It's so hard to highlight individuals in this game and the way we are playing because it's such a spread. The pressure has to be from everyone, and that's what you got in this game. And to step out and get that lead, it was just – it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, yeah, it didn't feel like we were panicking like in last season – the only couple of things I can critique when it when they started to get a few goals late was I think Newman and Akers had those couple of kicks straight into the corridor. One Akers ballooned, one Newman went to, I don't know who, almost cost us. But apart from that, we were doing the smart thing. We were kicking the ball out wide to the boundary, either to a contest or putting it out with insufficient intent, giving ourselves time to set up, get the numbers back, get a man create the zone and, and put ourselves in the best position to rebound. And yeah, I think this is the game where you can definitely see. God, if we had a bit more class, if we had a Harry Mackay down the line, someone that could take a grab, this moment was crying out for it, but it had another moment and I had, we have to talk about it. And I want to know everyone's thoughts, how they were in this moment when the Petrarca kick seemingly went through because I tried to disconnect myself a little bit from this game. As I said, watching it sporadically throughout the night, checking the scores, I was trying my hardest not to invest myself because I just I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to cope. And those last five, 10 minutes were the most stressful thing I think I've ever witnessed watching a game of football, just knowing how much was riding on this. And the ball goes through and I'll be honest when I saw it I didn't think Marchbank touched it just just off the off the live footage without any slow mo without anything when it went through my first thought was oh they've done it again they've done it it's happening again but what's strange about what I felt when I thought it was a goal was almost as quick as I thought shit it's happened again was no there's 40 seconds. I think it was about 40 seconds to go. There's under a minute. There's still time. Winner clearance. We've got this. And that shows me so much growth in what this team's been able to do because for the last few years, whenever it's close, whenever there's something, I don't think we can win this game of football. You don't have that belief. Like how many times have you spoken to mates and you've been five or six goals up in a game? I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but you, you're in a winning position and you just go, I've seen Carlton lose this from here. That is just Carlton vernacular. That's what we've lived with for the last 20 years. And this was the first time I've had the almost like unconscious thought straight away into my brain going, no, we don't lose this. This team does not lose this game, which is potentially ridiculous thing to think when Melbourne's just potentially kicked a goal with under a minute to put themselves in front. One of the first times I've been in front all bloody day and I'm sitting there going, no, we're winning this game of football. Doesn't matter. Let's go. I mean, that just shows, I've never had that kind of belief anymore. And that's why it feels like we can do something special this season. Whether it happens, whether it doesn't, we'll get to that. There's still plenty of stuff we need to do before we get there. But the belief exists. And the March Bank touched. Was it touched? Was it not touched? Let's be serious. The, the worst part about this is it comes down to the umpire's call. Umpire calls that a goal. That footage does not give me enough to say that it was touched. It's not enough to say that it wasn't touched. It's a 50-50 line ball decision. You got to back in the umpire, I guess, at the end of the day, who was closest to it, that saw it better than anyone else, better than me watching it, better than someone in the stands. And it's about time we get a bit of luck. You think about last season, you think about everything that happened. We needed a bit of luck. And sometimes you make your own because we played better football that whole game. We led. And when you're in front, when you're not needing to be the team that has to be perfect, that has to get that match-winning goal, the footy gods can sometimes look after you. And was it touched? Who knows? Who knows, but the record books will show that it was that we get the four points, that we're probably playing finals off the back of it. And even if it wasn't, I think it was a free kick to Marchbank, to be honest. The way he was almost taken out in that, I would have been paying that free kick. And you can go to other umpiring decisions, the the Petrarca throw, the Max Gorn not paid 50 meters that would have allowed Jack Martin a goal from the goal square from the goal line. And there's so many different moments. If you want to pinpoint anything, Go for it. And honestly, the people carrying on saying Melbourne were robbed, put another asterisk on this thing. Every single one of these Carlton wins. They've won eight in a row, but they all don't count. Give me all the asterisks possible. Throw them at me. Inject them into my veins. I'll fucking eat them up, to be honest. Like, guess what? It means nothing. Put as many asterisks on anything. I don't care. Call us cheats. Call us salary cap. Bastards! I do not care because it just shows me that these opposition supporters are scared of us right now. They are shitting themselves at the prospect of Carlton being good, and no one cares. No one looks through the record books and goes, "Oh, actually, Carlton I didn't win that game." No, we did. It's there. The four points have been given to us, and I love the tears that I'm seeing. And even bigger, the the uh, the Marchbank moment was the Tom DeConing spoil. I think it was just after that, like the last moment of this game. If you haven't seen it, go and seek the footage out. Go watch it because the man's almost in the bloody center square when the ball gets kicked. I've never seen a man sprint so far in his life. This is the commitment that he's instilled in these boys. Ran like he's never run. Covered as much ground as I've ever seen him. Just to get there and whether he impact of the contest or not the fact that he willed himself to it knowing that this is what it's about this is finals this is our season every moment counts big or small and he gets rewarded and he gets the fist he gets a hand to it and it's one of the best spoils i'll ever see i just a ridiculous effort from de he was he was spectacular he really lifted again when we needed him in the third and last quarter against two of the better ruckmen in this competition but that's it. How many moments can you get from this game where individuals stepped up and put that pressure on and did what was expected the blocks, the harassing, the smothers? Like another moment. And I'm just, I'm just reminiscing now, just reminiscing about it because there was that Zach Fisher one where he, he toe pokes it, gets the hands back. And you're like, this is special. These boys are playing with the confidence that guys can be out of form, step into this team. And all of a sudden you can't drop them. Like Jordan Boyd, can you bring him back into this team knowing how well Fisher's now playing? Like it's, it's amazing. And you just, you just got to smile. And and then you get, you get to that final siren. The crowd, they were going bananas. You hear the noise. You see Vossi on the bench with the boys all hugging Patty Dow, another great couple of last quarters there, another solid game from him. And, Everyone's buying in. There's a belief. Paddy Cripps running after that. He was just running everywhere, jumping, going ballistic. That's how much it means to these boys. And and that's, that's what it's about. That's why this is I'm so happy. Everyone's so happy. Not only has it been the journey that we've been on so far throughout our time as a Carlton supporter, throughout this time, this season, and the depths of despair we were down, but it's about these players and they look like they're enjoying football again and they're playing like they're enjoying it. They're playing like they believe And this win, exercising that demon, beating Melbourne, a team that kicked them out of finals last year, couldn't win the close one. We did it. What other mental hurdles are left? I don't think there are any left on this thing on this team. And that's where the belief grows that we can do some serious damage. And you look at the plays we have coming back over the next few weeks That's exciting. There is so much to be excited about right now. And we've all bloody earned this because we have put up with so much shit, so much shit from opposition supporters, the media, and watching some putrid football this season. But the boys have turned it around. And I kind of want to do a bit of reflection as well to just kind of talk about how we got here. And I have some notes here on the ladder and the predicting of the fixtures the belief and, and just what we've been able to manage because we can talk about the fact we've won eight in a row, the turnaround, but it deserves its own little deep dive. Because Lockie and I, before the start of the season, we did a bit of a fixture prediction every single game how many wins do we get for the year and who do we beat? And Lockie and I, I think, both had 15 wins for the year originally before the season started. And it wasn't looking that way at the midway point. And so at the, the mid-season review, the bye round, we decided to go back through the last games for the rest of the season, gauge where we're at and see how many wins we could get. Now, before season started, I had seven wins. Only games I had us losing was three away and Melbourne. And a lot of that was around... I think I was losing against Collingwood the first time and maybe losing to St. Kilda the first time. And then we go in and beat them the second time. So there was a couple of those 50, 50 fixtures. I felt like we were going to do the reverse of last season and really come home strong, which I guess I've somewhat predicted, but definitely didn't believe it would happen in this fashion. But you look at that midway point originally had a seven wins this time I had five or six. I had us beating Hawthorne, losing to Frio, losing to Port, beating West Coast, losing to Collingwood, beating St. Kilda. It was a 50-50 for me for Melbourne. And then I thought we'd win the next two. Gets us to five or six, depending on that Melbourne game. Lockie was a lot more ambitious than me. He said definitely seven. Hawthorne, Frio, West Coast, Collingwood, Melbourne, Gold Coast, GWS. We're winning them all. We're only going to lose to Port. And we're going to lose to St. Kilda were the ones that he had. And to think that the predictions that we both gave, Lockie had us, it would have got us to 12 wins. I would have given us 10 or 11. That's where we were sitting if everything went right. And at this stage, we couldn't buy a win. We'd just beaten Gold Coast. We didn't know if we were going to turn this season around. And I had notes here saying like to make finals, we need seven or eight wins in this run home, which gets us to 12 wins. It gets us to 12 wins, one draw. And that should hopefully just be enough to get us into finals. Seven or eight wins. I said, we've got fucking eight in a row. Like this is, it's special. And a lot of people are going to say, keep a lid on it. Don't get too excited just yet. There's plenty still to be done. And I agree to an extent that yeah, there's obviously so much to get done. Things aren't going to get easy We've put in the work to get us to this position. And a part of me does worry, have we put everything in to get us here and that's going to make us burn out for the rest of the season because maybe some other clubs that we've seen dip in form are kind of getting these couple of weeks to, to maybe rest a little bit and rejuvenate for the big finals series. But when you look at it more objectively, you're going, there's doubts on everyone else. We seem to have the most belief out of every other team in the AFL right now. And when you talk about resting players or are we as as best as possible, we're about to get all our players back from injury. So I feel like we are well-rested. And now that we've afforded ourselves potentially losing one or maybe both games for the end of the season, I don't want that attitude, don't want that mentality, but you can almost – If we get these win against Gold Coast, in that last round, you can potentially start to, okay, does Cripper need a week? Does does Doherty, does Newman, do these guys that have been a bit battered, do you give them an extra week? You do have that pre-finals bye. And again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We still need to beat Gold Coast. We need to get that job done. But I feel so much more confident. I don't think that this is a team that's just going to whimper out because we've worked so hard to get here. It feels like the work is the beginning and it's the base of what this team can accomplish. And it's just exciting. And I just yeah, wanted to go through our ladder predictor and the the fixtures because it's just an exciting thing to think about the belief that we tried to instill and just how far we've gone ahead of that. And, And both Lockie and I said we'd win the last two games I'm sitting here going, we're winning these last two games of football. It was incredible. But um, let me know everything that you thought about this game against Melbourne. What's your belief like right now? What are you feeling? Can we do it? Because we're starting to talk about a potential grand final, which seems ridiculous to talk about right now. But why can't we believe? Someone has to win it. Someone has to be there. We've been waiting years for this to click. And we all said, once it clicks... We're going to be a superstar team. We've got the top tier talent. It just needs to click and, and this is it. You don't just waste a year. When you're in a position to play finals football, you're not here to make up the numbers. That's not what it's about. It's not, oh, we'll get a bit of final ex- experience and then next year we'll get it done. Next year we'll make sure it's top four. You don't know what's going to happen in a week, in two weeks, in a year's time. You've got one opportunity and you take it now. This is we're the most informed team, let's get this done. But I want to know your thoughts. I want to know how you're feeling, what you thought of this game, what what you felt when that siren went, who were you with? Because as I touched on earlier in this thing, in this podcast, I it got to exercise the demon of last year. I was there with my family. Dad was there. Sister was there. Grandparents were there, who I don't get to be around with, honestly, for a lot of these games because I'm normally – at the footy, I don't get to sit, sit and watch the game with them and, and they were a nervous wreck. It was um, it was just a a wild ride. And to, to have those moments that you can look back and cherish and if we're able to do some incredible things for the rest of the season, you know, I'm going to be able to look back at that moment when that siren went, see the joy on my dad's face, see it on my sisters, see it on my grandparents, see it on my family, everyone that was there that went for the Blues. It was electric and... It's crazy. The the guy whose venue it was, um, the owner, was a Carlton supporter, was at the game. He comes storming in eventually when he returns. We'd, we'd heard he was a Carlton supporter. The Carlton theme song gets thrown on right near the end. And it was just party time. And it's amazing what those moments do. It's something that while I wasn't at the game like I was last year, it was almost more special because – Sister's 30th, that's a big milestone and this was just made so much better by that experience. The fact that we won, the fact that we're playing finals football now. I don't care that it's still not 100% mathematically set. We're not. This team doesn't lose. We don't do that anymore. We don't worry about, oh, we're playing Gold Coast away. Are we going to drop off now that we've worked so hard? This team just keep going. And if one person isn't able to do it, the next guy steps up and covers for them. Everything's changed and I'm keen to really dive into maybe a bit more proper analysis next week in the review against Gold Coast. I'll get a guest in. We'll go through it. It'll be a lot easier doing it in the conversational style. Very excited for what I've got planned for next week. But I just wanted to come on and talk by myself. And I wish Lockie was here with me to talk about this one. But it's just the incredible moments. And while I'm talking, while I'm sharing my thoughts, I just really want to hear from everyone else, because this is the time to talk to fellow baggers and just embrace together because we're the best community. We're the best fans out there. Put it in the comments, get head over to the socials at Navy blue corner. The blues are coming for finals and um, a little bit to cover before I head off. I want to go into the votes and we're going to not say the tally, the leaderboard until the end of the season from here on out. We will not give, the leaderboard. If you're smart enough, you can go back to when I last said it and you can add up the votes, but you might not have lockies in this one. So you might not get it 100%, but in this game, because I haven't spoken maybe about individuals enough. One vote goes to Nick Newman. This man is a machine. He's everywhere intercepting, creating so much deep from us. And, and he did have a couple of maybe hairy moments late that the one into the corridor was, Not the best decision, but he's just such a calm head for most of the game and and he's just, he's a special talent. We need these leaders, these guys who have a bit more experience to step up knowing so many of our stars are out at the moment. And Nick Newman's been doing that in defense. He's been an absolute marshal down there. So he gets the one, two votes to Paddy Cripps. I just thought it was a, a massive, massive performance from him. And we haven't been seeing these maybe, you know, 40 disposal games where he kicks three goals. This is a different Paddy Cripps. We're down in the midfield and we've needed him to dig deep. And that's what I saw. And and this game was one where you you do worry about your leaders who we've questioned a lot this season. You know, how are we going to stand up in these moments when the game's tight, when it's going against us, the pressure's there. And he, he was exceptional, stood up and, you can't have any more doubts, I think, on Paddy Cripps as a captain. He's He's been phenomenal. And then three votes to Georgie Hewitt, who midway through this season, we're saying, oh, do we have one too many inside midfielders and with issues in this list? If things progress, if the season keeps playing out and we're not seeing George Hewitt back to the George Hewitt, is this potential trade bait? And I know that's ridiculous, and so no one was actually – Fully saying this, this was just a hypothetical scenario about if this list is cooked, if things keep progressing, what would we do? Where do you get an injection of something? And for George Hewitt, we all, me and Lockie still thought he was able to turn this around. He was our second best midfielder last season. It was about getting fit, about getting that opportunity. And he was everywhere. He was so clean when the ball was like a bar of soap, when the pressure was everywhere from Melbourne, he stood up. And in those final moments, I thought him and Saad were exceptional in their ability to win the ball. Even Acres just get it out, clear it out. Same for Newman. Just exceptional. So yeah, George Hewitt gets the three votes. Very well deserved. Let me know your votes as well. Chuck them in the comments, at Navy Blue Corner, at the social media, wherever you get wherever you hear us, where is it? Facebook, are you on Instagram, Twitter? Let me know as well, because I'm keen to know where you engage with us the most, looking to boost things as we head towards it. Our first final series on the podcast. It's very, very exciting. And I'll be honest, this will be the last thing I say before I finish the podcast, because I've been promising these match build up episodes, and I will be honest with you right now, I am swamped. I am ridiculously busy with everything I've got going on in life at the moment outside of pod makes it really hard. I've been trying my hardest to get myself available to record them. Just hasn't worked out the last few weeks. And unfortunately without Lockie here, it all kind of falls on me becomes, a, and a, this isn't a woe is me. This isn't a give me some praise for being able to do this, please. This is not for that, but I'm just trying to be honest and let you guys know that I can't promise match buildups every single week. If they're there, I've had a spare few minutes to get it together and get it done, and I'm going to try my hardest. I can't promise it. So, if you want to hear my thoughts about team changes or anything like that, head over to Pommy and Oz on YouTube. Do a selection table show. It's myself, it's Pommy, it's Lek Dog, it's Paolo, it is Terry when that man's available as well. It's a great crew. We go through. The teams that we would want to see, all the team changes, we debate it. It's live as well, 7 p.m. It will be Tuesday night, this Tuesday, 7 p.m., live on YouTube, Pommy Noz's channel. Head over. You can vote to get a guy in your team as well. We go through it. We all get to save a player, and then you guys get to decide the final people. So it's nice and interactive. You can chat with us as we go. It's lighthearted. It's a good bit of fun. If you want to hear more about the team changes, that's where to go if I don't do the build-up. Well, I'm going to try and give a little bit at the end of this episode for those wanting to hear about it because we've got the Gold Coast Suns away. Can we make it nine in a row? Yes. It's an away game. We haven't had one in a while, and the group is so bonded. I feel like an away trip's going to be super fun for them. They're, everyone's traveling up. I've heard so many cult supporters on social media, on Twitter saying, we're all going up for the game. It's going to be unbelievable. And mate, it looks like we're getting some players back. The injury report dropped tonight. Harry looks like if he gets through training, he's going to be there. It looks like Jack Silvani also going to be there. It raises some massive selection headaches. And next week, it's a uh, week after it's Walsh, it's Chera, it's Gov. They've even thrown out Kennedy as a possible inclusion. Like, we're starting to get the players back. And that's the exciting thing where I think in this game, like, the conversation's been about Harry Mackay and Carlton play better without him, which is the most ludicrous thing, if we're being honest here. Because you look at last week, you look at Collingwood game. Obviously, Charlie plays ridiculously well. But for the start of that game, we were struggling to get it deep. To Charlie, and you're thinking, man, if we have a Harry higher up the ground as another target, we could just spread things a little bit more in that forward line. And week after St. Kilda, they, they stop Harry, they stopped Charlie. Put about three on him. We don't have another really key marking tall in that forward line, and it hurt us. This week, again, it was wet, which which causes some issues, but It was still hard to get Charlie involved. And late in that contest, you're just thinking, man, if we had Harry, we'd have someone on the wing to kick that ball out to. You could potentially take a clunk. How many times has Harry saved us with match-winning contested marks? It's his bread and butter. We miss Harry Mackay. We need another target in that forward line, someone to help Charlie. So teams just can't attempt to lock him down and try and beat us that way. If you're realistic, last couple of weeks, we haven't kicked amazing scores so far. We haven't been able to find ways to get a lot on the scoreboard. We've had to really rely on the defense. That's pretty much been the number one defense this year. They've been incredible, particularly with some outs throughout. It hasn't been the same group. We need the forward line functioning again. And anyone that says you should trade Harry Mackay or he's not in our best 22 clearly doesn't watch games of football. One, you don't trade Coleman metal winners. They're hard enough to get. We've got two of them. You keep them and you need two key forwards. Has anything the last few weeks shown us that you need another target? And everything Harry does higher up the ground is so unrewarded. No one looks at what Harry's able to do in making those contests. And, And if I'm looking at a quick changes at the moment, I think Jack comes in for Pitt Pitt hasn't been playing the best. I like what Deconing was able to do late in the last few games. He's really stepped up. He's the main ruck. Jack is your number two. Can also play a bit of forward, add the pressure down there. Harry has to come back in. Who comes out is going to be the tricky thing. I haven't decided on that just yet. Is it a small? Can you drop any of them? Fogarty brings the pressure. Martin's been ridiculous. One of the best score involvement per disposal players currently in form at the moment. Cunningham is is just so skillful and clean around the contest when you need him. Motlop wasn't amazing this week, but the last few weeks he's been banging goals in for fun and being the spark in the forward line. Always another target, able to mark the ball, able to add the pressure. It's hard to drop anyone. Do you look at maybe a a Cottrell who's been fine, hasn't been bad, and he's been playing his role to a T. but is that somewhere that you look more of those of players and and maybe he becomes that impact sub that I've spoken about a lot this year saying we don't maybe use the tactical sub to the full advantage. And I still think Matty Cottrell is potentially still best 22, but I just love using him as the tactical sub for the energy, the versatility. I just feel like that's his best role. The other year he was the best sub in the competition. So maybe that's a, a tactical role we can go down, but let me know in the comments on YouTube, what are your changes who's coming in who's coming out head over to at navy blue corner wherever you engage with us whatever social media platform i'd love to hear your changes what your predictions are this week against the gold coast suns can we get it done can we win 9 in a row because it feels like we're almost invincible at this stage which is stupid to say do we need a loss before finals to just Bring us a little bit de- back down to earth. Realize that, okay, we've got the one loss. We can rebound. We can get back into it. I'm not convinced. I don't know that we necessarily need to lose. But again, let me know. But that's going to wrap up this episode this week. It's been great to talk about a massive clutch win from the boys this is a team that finally wins and stands up at these big moments and we've still got all our best players to come back the blues are gonna go deep into finals this is amazing but yes we're potentially there with a match build-up show but definitely back next week with a review and i will have a guest so it's not just me talking by myself gonna be fun gonna be engaging to talk about a massive win against the gold coast suns up the bloody baggers